Up next, the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show with Snowden Bishop. After this message. You're busy running around from work to kids to evening events. Healthcare shouldn't be adding to your daily running around. Simplify your healthcare with Helterra for only $15 per month per individual or $18 per month per family with up to nine kids. By the way, you can eliminate doctor office visits with 24/7 access to doctors via phone, video, or the mobile app. Not only do you get prescriptions filled over the phone, but save up to 85% on those prescriptions. This is a supplemental plan and not insurance. Healthcare made easy. Helterra.com. And now, it's time for the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show with Snowden Bishop. Listen in as Snowden interviews cannabis industry pioneers, marijuana experts, policymakers, medical practitioners, patients, and other amazing individuals with compelling stories to share. It all happens right now. Here's the Cannabis Reporter, Snowden Bishop. Hello, and welcome back to the Cannabis Reporter. I'm your host, Snowden Bishop. If you follow the news about cannabis, you've probably noticed the flurry of media activity responding to the DEA's announcement on December 14th in the Federal Registry about revised rule that separated and assigned a new tracking code to cannabis extracts. That includes non-psychotropic cannabidiol, or CBD as it's most commonly known, It also puts it squarely by itself in the Schedule 1 controlled substances right next to cannabis. The news went viral in social media and set in motion a chain reaction of concern from industry professionals, medical practitioners, and patients who rely upon legal access to CBD for their health. I have good news and bad news about this. First, let me give you the bad news. Concern about the future of marijuana is warranted. But it's not because of this DEA revised ruling. The good news is this. Contrary to what you've heard in the news, the DEA did not make CBD illegal. Cannabis cultivation has been illegal since Congress passed the 1937 Tax Stamp Act, and cannabis derivatives, including hemp-derived CBD extracts, have been illegal to produce or purchase since 1977 when the Congress passed the Controlled Substances Act. First, it's important to clarify the meaning of this announcement by the DEA. As a controlled substance, all forms of cannabis are accounted for and tracked by a single numerical identifier code, 7360. And according to the announcement, the purpose of the ruling is to provide a distinction between cannabis extracts and THC amongst Schedule I controlled substances. Now, I have a lawyer here today who's probably going to correct me on some of this because There's so much confusion out there in the media and just in general about what this really means. But anyway, cannabinoids have their very own classification code 7350 among Schedule I controlled substances. If you're thinking that the future of hemp-derived CBD is looking bleak, take heart. Despite the new code, CBD is not illegal and likely won't be in the near future. In simple terms, The revised ruling by the DEA is both irrelevant and misleading. It's irrelevant because the new code only applies to cannabinoid extracts that contain only a single cannabinoid. Considering the vast array of cannabinoid molecules that exist in the cannabis plant, pairing that with the challenge of extracting and separating phytonutrients on a nanonuclear level, it would be scientifically implausible, not to mention cost prohibitive, to make a pure CBD oil containing just one cannabinoid. 
It's misleading because an appellate court ruling made hemp products forever legal to import and sell in the United States. And it's really not up to the DEA to make new policy or undermine existing laws that supersede the Controlled Substances Act. That's the topic of today's show and what our guests are here to discuss. Before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to our listeners tuning in to the XRQK radio network stations everywhere. Thank you so much for listening. In the studio with me today to provide legal perspective and probably correct me <laughs> what I know is Tabitha Myers, a Phoenix-based cannabis lawyer from Resnick and Lewis. Welcome and thank you so much for being here. Well, I really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Joining us on the phone from California is Andrew Hard, a media specialist who is intimately involved in educating families about cannabis alternatives and helping them to gain access. Andrew, are you there with us? I am. Thank you for having me on, Snowden, and and really nice to meet you, Counselor, and uh, very excited to talk about this with you. Thank you so much for being here. And also joining us on the phone from California is Damaris Higuera, mother of young Sadie, who we've recently written about. She depends upon access to CBD to keep her child alive. Thank you for being here, Damaris. I'm excited for you to share your story with us. Thank you. Yeah, so Tabitha, <laughs> let's get right to the legality of all of this, because I'm sure that as much as I do know about it, I don't know enough, and I'm not a lawyer, and there's so much confusion out there. What can you say about this, uh, the, the news that came out in this revised ruling uh, from the DEA? Well, Snowden, I would certainly agree with you that the new ruling is irrelevant and misleading. This appears to be uh, an overstepping by the DEA. Um, for people that have been around a little while, they, they've seen this happen before. This is deja vu, like you mentioned. They tried to do this again, um, or they tried to do it for the first time back in 2001. They enacted rules that prohibited hemp seed oil um, and hemp cakes. And uh, even if they only contain trace amounts of THC, which is usually the case if it's made from hemp, uh, and then in that case, the Ninth Circuit struck it down. It took a few years that, you know, that first rule was in 2001. The, the Ninth Circuit ruled on 2004. So it takes a few years for, you know, the courts to slap the DEA's hand. Uh, yeah. As it were. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's I would say this. Everyone remain calm. It's it's probably uh, an unconstitutional overstep by the DEA, and um, we'll we'll see this again in the courts, I'm sure. Don't you find it curious that they would actually try to separate cannabinoid from the classification or the the numerical tracking classification of cannabis? Yeah, that was interesting, and and they also included resins in that in that new classification. If you if you read the um, the whole rule. So, and that may be pure administrative, um, you know, necessity. They may be seeing, um, as we are in the cannabis market, all sorts of different kinds of, of extracts and resins and waxes and all that. And so they may just be doing this to keep up um, with the modern market, as it were, um, in the cannabis industry. Yeah. Well, if you were an internal optimist, you might think that the reason that they were separating out CBD was to eventually deschedule that by itself. But in a way, that wouldn't really make any sense because uh, cannabinoid is in, intrinsically part of the cannabis plant. 
And as its own whole category, cannabis, you know, 7360 is actually uh, a controlled substance still. I mean, yeah, I tend not to be optimistic or naive when it comes to the, to the DEA. Yeah. Uh, they they tend to have their own uh, agenda um, that doesn't necessarily jive with uh, their constitutional mandate. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, I think that uh, we'll see. I mean, they essentially if what they said is true, which it wasn't exactly in the statute, it, it came through from comments. Someone asked a question. Does this include the CBD, um, even if there's no uh, THC or trace amounts of THC? And, and they wrote, yes, we consider it at Schedule 1. That was a very purposeful step by the DEA. I mean, they, they write all their comments or response to the comments and um, with, you know, accuracy, and, and they go over it over and over again. So that was a deliberate act for sure by the DEA, but, again, it's uh, – an overstepping. Yeah. That Andrew. Flies in the face, that flies in the face of uh, Ninth Circuit Court ruling, HIA versus DEA. The DEA lost that uh, exempted uh, the parts of the non psychoactive parts of the hemp plant, the stem and the stalk, the stalk and the seeds of the plant uh, where you can get CBD. It's uh, where the majority of these hemp CBD uh, product makers are making CBD. And uh, it's a federal court ruling that exempted those parts of the plant. Uh, you can import uh, hemp products from Europe, and uh, product has not sell them. It's a court case the DEA lost. Um, as part of that court case, uh, the DEA actually tried to promulgate rules that would have made products like that controlled substances, and the court struck that down and uh, actually uh, issued language uh, basically telling them they could never try to make any kind of enforcement action over those parts of the plant again. So... Honestly, watching the coverage of this, I mean, what happened was, I mean, I'm a former journalist. I worked as a journalist for 12 years uh, for Fox and uh, for Corporate Council Magazine. Um, Huffington Post and Leafly post two extremely alarmist articles about this, saying the DEA now says CBD is illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not you know, which is not true. And honestly, uh, that's not even what the DEA is saying about this. Uh, you know, when, when they've been asked about, it, they've basically said this is a new tracking code that we've assigned for marijuana extra extracts. It's an administrative uh, move, and it doesn't change anything. Is actually what they what they said in an interview with the cannabis. But the uh, keep in mind, the Huffington Post pulled their article off of the internet. It's now gone uh, at, at the link where it popped up Wednesday. Um, Leafly has issued a, a follow-up article saying, hold on, you know, the DEA's move to criminalize CBD may not be legal. Um, and I think what they're missing there is the DEA never made any move to criminalize CBD. And those first articles have caused, a, you know, a crop-up of, you know, Rolling Stone, marijuana extracts, including CBD, are Schedule One drugs. Um, that's not true. There was no scheduling action um, taken. The International Business Times, DEA, new cannabis laws make CBD and other extracts Schedule One. Um, it, it, all of that is not true. And as a former journalist, I can just say I'm, like, saddened and, like, totally disgusted to see the news media just 
run with this. up in this panic and, and not do any reporting or check their actual facts. Right. And yeah. I, I, I think it's um, one thing that is true, though, is that um, cannabinoid uh, has been has been uh, included in the Schedule One controlled substance as part of the cannabis plant all along. But as part, the, as part of the marijuana plant, yes, and you know that, that that is an element of confusion. I mean, number one, um, CBD is actually is is not scheduled. Uh, synthetic CBD is scheduled, but CBD from the natural botanical plant actually is not. That that actually is a is a fact that that lots of people overlook. Um, also, I mean, this new tracking code, yes, it looks like it's going to impact possibly impact shipping of. CBD from extracted from marijuana, which is actually what this is, a, a tracking from marijuana extract. Uh, and also it seems like CBD possibly extracted from hemp grown in the United States. However, there is still this federal court precedent, which gets ignored far too much, um, which is uh, Ninth Circuit Court, HIA versus DEA was decided in 2004, that exempted the stem and stalk of the hemp plant and, and the seeds of the hemp plant and said you can you can import these materials and make products for them. And that's a court case that the yeah. DEA lost. Well, that, that literally the court case says the DEA has no authority over this area of the plant and can't do anything about it. Yeah, and, real, real quick, um, just for people who don't know, HIA actually stands for the Hemp Industry Association. Um, yes, who sued the DEA yes. and, and the DEA lost. In the Ninth Circuit, an appellate court, in a federal court case, and declined to appeal because they basically knew it would have gone to the Supreme Court and they would have lost and they would have had the same precedent as a mm-hmm. Supreme Court verdict. Yeah, Tabitha? Um, oh, I was just to piggyback off what he's saying. You know, the Controlled Substances Act specifically excludes um, hemp, the mature stalks, which we use for hemp, uh, the fiber and, and the oil and the cakes made from that plant. So it even in the the CSA, the Controlled Substances Act, we haven't seen that uh, the CBD or any products from the hemp plant um, they're specifically excluded. Now, here's a question for you because this That's was this is something that um, that I was really unaware of, and I do a lot of research, and this is just not something that's crossed my my path. So, if it is excluded in that way, why is it that hemp Growing hemp is illegal still to this day since 1937. And, um, I mean, hemp obviously is not something that's going to get children high, right? Right. So why is it that it is illegal federally to to uh, grow it? Well, t- actually, technically it's not. The 2014 Farm Bill um, made it legal to um, research um for research universities as well as state-sanctioned research. So they do have to get um, – the states have to go to the government, get a, a permit to grow, um, and, you know, a few states have done that. We see a lot of it in Pennsylvania right now. But since 2014, it's actually been legal. Right, but not for the everyday person. Like, let's say I wanted to grow my yeah, own hemp in my backyard to make pie filling out of this – it be supervised by a university research study, basically. Right. So technically for every everyone other than research institutions who are licensed to do it, it's illegal to grow. Right. Yeah, that is true. 
uh, under federal law, and we've we've seen some states enacting their own laws, mm-hmm. of course. Um, yeah, you can grow it in Colorado. Right. Kentucky actually sued the federal government for the rights of their hemp seeds and won, and Kentucky has started growing hemp after suing the federal government uh, for commercial use. Um, but yes, the farm bill was a major uh, you know step forward that at least you could grow it and have it supervised by research. The real, real answer, you know, answer to that is, uh, you know, industrial, you know, industrial interests outlawed hemp along with marijuana mm-hmm. in the 30s. Uh, it was William Randolph Hearst, you know, the famous media mogul who owned both sides of the newspaper industry, uh, owned all the newspapers and owned all the printing presses that they were printed on, and he knew that hemp was a major threat to his paper mill printing press operation. Yeah, and he had he had uh, acres and acres and acres of forest that he wanted to exploit um, yeah. in cahoots but, with with uh, Dupont, who had the chemical to mulch wood into paper. Yes, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so it really goes back to there. And you know, the, the hemp plant it, it's a wonderful plant. I mean, you can literally make over you know twenty thousand different products: mm-hmm. plants, shirts, rope. Um, literally, uh, the rigging of ships. You can, you can literally build a house out of hemp. Mm-hmm. Um, it can it can actually be an excellent clean burning biofuel. Henry Ford's first car uh, ran on a mix of ethanol and hemp seed oil, and it, it actually has so many industrial applications that, that that's actually what happened is the petroleum industry, the cotton industry, the paper industry have just chased this thing, you know, this, this wonderful plant that, the, that actually the United States was founded upon mm-hmm. um, out of existence. And um, the, honestly, what, what we're seeing and talking about today with this reaction to the DEA ruling of, you know, the, the DEA has said hemp CBD is illegal. I mean, watching the propaganda continue to, to, to perpetuate and perpetuate into the, you know, mainstream, actually, you know, national news media like the Washington Times, um, it makes you really sad, and uh, I, I, I literally, as a former journalist, I have a lot of respect for the profession, and I, I, you know, I worked really, really hard and pounded the phone a lot, and to see, you know, a couple articles that were alarmist and false that the DEA had suddenly declared CBD illegal, which isn't true, to watch that just spread online, and oh yeah, like wildfire, internet journalism of. Yeah, you know, we're rollingstone.com. We're just going to copy and paste that, not check. Like, are there any, you know, federal court rulings that, <laughs> that fly in the face of this that, that maybe we could well, research? I, it's, it kind of goes along the lines of what's happening everywhere in social media and in mainstream media where these false stories are getting propagated just because, you know, they make yeah. money. Donald but, Trump talks about it himself and talks about how he, he manipulated the news media that way. Yeah. Because it, because it acts like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's a, here's an interesting point too. In, in the revised rules, um, register that came out, um, Chuck Rosenberg, the acting administrator for the DEA, um, actually cited a comment by a, an unnamed pharmaceutical company saying that it praised the new uh, classification. And <laughs> I just thought that that was really telling yeah, ab- about, telling. you know, the, the motive behind this. You know, if it's not for optics, it's for political reasons. You know, and, and like I said in the opening, we do have reason to be concerned about the future of marijuana, given the temperature in Washington um, that 
that is now sort of leaning with the new administration coming in. They're sort of leaning toward, um, you know, very staunch opponents of marijuana. Jeff Sessions is is the one. But, um, Andrew, I wanted to uh, maybe have have you talk a little bit. You work with a lot of families who absolutely depend upon access to CBD um, for for the critical health of their children. Um, and, and we have Damaris on the line, too, who you have worked with a lot to help her get her story out and to help her help other families get access. Um, would you like to say a little bit before we bring Damaris in? Sure, absolutely. And uh, hi, Damaris. Sorry that, hey. that we've been talking about politics <laughs> no, no for, for, yeah. for, you know, 15 minutes without you getting to talk, but... I, literally, I, I won't. I won't take too much time. I'll just let Damaris tell her story. But um, uh, yeah, they the the Higuera family lives out in San Diego, um, uh, right nearby me. They live in Ramona. Uh, I've been really lucky to know them, and uh, I, I literally have been privileged to get to uh, have a camera crew out to to film their uh, their daughter's first day of school. Uh, who literally doctors never thought that she would have. Uh, her her name is is Sadie, and. I'll really let Damaris kind of tell you her story, but I can say literally what you have here is the case of a child um, who had a very serious uh, genetic disorder who doctors literally tried to prescribe her a hero pill because they didn't know what would, basically what would what would help her because, I mean, she, she was just suffering so badly and the hero pill literally would have ended her life and her parents started researching alternative medicine and other options once that that was offered to them, and thank God that they did. And uh, now they are using a a high CBD, um, you know, product with um, Sadie called called RSHO. And uh, really their story is important to get out in the face of all this craziness and kind of misinformation because the honest most important thing is the families and helping children who yeah. need it. Damaris, I just want to say um, we, we actually put the story of, of your daughter up on our website and I am so touched by your courage and what you've been through has just been incredible um, and I really appreciate you being here. Tell me a little bit about Sadie. Well, Sadie, right now she's three and a half years old uh, but when she was eight months, she was dying of a chronic, uncontrollable epilepsy, presenting up to 300 seizures a day. Wow. Uh, at that time, well, it was horrible. I mean, at that time, she, she didn't have more medical options, no more treatment. She was dying of this horrible condition, and she was dying of a complication from pharmaceutical drug side effects. Um, the medicines that she was taking at that time never gave her a good control of her condition, but they sure give her a lot of side effects, th- taking her life pretty close to the end. Uh, I just, I just think no parents should ever go through what we went. We all have the right to choose the best treatment for our children, and we all should have access to a natural alternative. I, at this point, I, I, I really wish. We could have access to this, to CBD, since the beginning. Yeah. I really wish I could have the right to choose between a pharmaceutical and a plant. 
so when you when you first heard about um, about this news from the DEA, yeah, it, what was your first thought? It just uh, to me it, it doesn't make any sense. I, I definitely think CBD should take it out should be taken out of the schedule one drug. Rescheduled cannabis will give the the step in the right direction for medical research and will give the cannabis uh, really medical value. Uh, this this can be like that. I mean, uh, we all should have access to it. Uh, there's no only my daughter, unfortunately. There's many people in situations like her. Well, they already tried everything, and nothing is working. Mm-hmm. And they just they just give her more side effects, more issues, more medical issues. And and why we have to destroy our our children's little bodies with all that pharmaceuticals when we can turn to a natural option with yeah. no side effects, with no harm? Tell me, tell me what happened when you first. When you gave Sadie her first dose of CBD, what what was she experiencing at that time, and what happened? That was a moment I'm never going to forget, that's for sure. Uh, we have another two girls, and we actually, I took my two older girls to the park when my husband gave her her first dosage. We all were nervous, and that was something new. That was our last option, and... Um, so I went out of the house with my older girls, and when I come back, my husband was, uh, I, I, the first thing I was like, how's Sadie, how she's doing, how she looks, and, and he, he only answered, go look, look, go look at her, and I panicked, I said, oh my God, is she okay, well, tell me, and he was like, no, no, calm down, she's fine, just, I don't want to say nothing, you go see her. I walk in the room, I look at her, and I call her name. And her little face turned to me and started focusing what thing that she never did before. I was like, I, I started crying. I hold her hand, and, and her hand, I put my, my finger on her hand, and she started squishing my finger, and, and I keep calling her, and she was just focusing and tracking me. It was something amazing. She she always was with her eyes closed, and she opened her eyes, was twitching it, no focusing. She was totally out of herself. Either because she had a seizure or because she had her meds and now she was sedated. So it, it wasn't a lie. She was pretty much a vegetable at that time. No interaction, no nothing. No responses. No. Yeah, you had, in, in, in one article that I read, you'd have mentioned that it was almost as if she was, she was sleeping from the time she was born. That was how my other girls called him. Um, she was like, why does the baby sleep all the time? And she sleeps during the day, and she sleeps during the night, and, and she's growing, and she's still not waking up. I, they see the other babies with their friends or whatever, and, and they see Sadie was different, like she was sleeping all the time. And that, that's what she was. I mean, 300 seizures a day, you can imagine how much damage. Give, give it to her every single day, and then, okay, now she's on a, on a medicine. It's not working well. Let's try another one. Okay, now she's having a, she's still seizing. Let's give her the rescue med. Okay, that rescue med now give her, is knock her out. She's on respiratory distress. She's now with a side effect. It, it was horrible. It, it, it got to the point, like, her neuro said, okay, she's done. We tried everything. I don't have nothing, much to, nothing else to offer. 
the the last medicine that she said that we can try if we want it will end her life within within a few weeks anyways because she she couldn't go to the bathroom anymore she couldn't breathe on her own uh, she had uh, just the side effects of the of the of the medicines and it's yes. so teasing, you know like they they never give it a control yeah so so I mean, the, 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 what she was experiencing really had nothing to do with her congenital condition. Is that kind of how you see it? I, I see it. It was 50-50. 50 was her condition, her epilepsy. Right. And then when she started with that, so, the, so many strong medicines, she got, okay, she, she's got the, the, the seizure activity. Now she has a kidney damage. Now she has irritability because what medicine she's on. Now she has GI issues. Now she has respiratory distress. And that wasn't related to her syndrome or her condition. That was related to the pharmaceuticals that she was on. Right. So so that, that's why she was just getting to the end pretty quickly because the combination of her condition and the treatment that she was on. Yeah. Tabitha, as a lawyer, when you hear this, does it make, uh, it doesn't make sense to you that I mean, obviously, it makes no sense that cannabis is <laughs> yeah. a Schedule One narcotic, right? Very, very um, but why? Why is it that um, all of us, in, as Americans, as global citizens, s- sit by and and allow pharmaceuticals to get away with this kind of damage? Yeah, you know, this is basically the stories that got me involved with cannabis. I mean, it's just it breaks your heart. And um, there is there is no justification. I mean, we're allowing people to suffer for no reason. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, this, as she was saying, the medicine is better. We have this natural plant that is far superior than any pharmaceutical we have, and yet we're being sold a a bill of lies, essentially that that this is a harmful drug. And we're seeing it still. I mean, with with Jeff Sessions, Trump's pick for attorney general, mm-hmm. I mean, he's famously quoted as uh, saying, good people don't smoke marijuana. I mean, it's just this, this, uh, you know, a longstanding um, well, the demonization began in, yeah, it began in 1937. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's gone on and on and on. It's, it's horrifying, actually. And I mean, on this show, I've, I've talked about this a lot because I've gone through the issue of my father, who was basically given two weeks to live and come to find out it was because of the um, benzodiazepines and antipsychotics they were giving to him. I mean, he was literally on his deathbed. And the doctors told me to call hospice. I said no. And, you know, under the radar, started giving him CBD. And all of a sudden, like that, he, he and now he's on the mend. So what? What would you advise? Like, let's say, let's say that someone, um, the Hewara family, for example, let's say that they came to you and said, you know, this is what these pharmaceuticals have done to my child. I mean, how, how do you advise people who do talk to you about this? Uh, I mean, do, do your research. I mean, there, there's so many great resources and stories, um, now that we can see that, look, this medicine not only helps with, extreme seizures which it does but also pain and nausea and PTSD and all these all these wonderful um, benefits that we get from this plant you know and if you don't live in a state where it's legal 
you know, we were seeing a lot of people move for that reason to Colorado, to Hawaii, to Arizona. So you, Councilor, would it be, would it be, you know, you're, you're the expert to rely. Would it be totally outside the bounds of literally, you know, some kind of like class action lawsuit of parents saying, you know, you know, pharma industry or, or FDA, you know, poisoning our our kids, you know, I mean, like Sadie has like horrible damage to her kidneys, as Demars was saying. Or, I mean, you know, counselor, about the horrible, the biggest actual drug addiction ep- ep- epidemic in the country is the opioid painkiller epidemic. Absolutely. Which, yeah, and that's, and, that's I mean, kind, some of kind of a... Su- suing the pharma industry for, for, for you know, poisoning the, you know, poisoning the children and children. Poisoning the American people. It, it, it's just, it, it's just crazy. It's a, side of the world I definitely never wanted to see or, or work in. And, and uh, it, kind of, it, as you're asking, Stan, I, I wonder if a family has any legal recourse. Whatsoever. Right. That's that's kind of what I was getting at. You know, what what could families um, do if, if they're suffering this kind of damage? Well, I mean, yeah, of course, there are obviously uh, legal routes you can go against big pharma. Um, but for me, the biggest problem is that the laws need to change mm-hmm. because people won't see this as a viable option until it is, until the stigma is gone. And, and that starts at petitioning our local state representatives and uh, congressmen and getting getting change, which we're seeing. Twenty eight states now have medical programs. Um, majority of Americans see it as a good thing. And um, for me, of course, class actions are always, you know, if you've suffered real damage like the, the family has. Um, those are a viable course as well, but I, I, for me, it's getting the government out of out of this, out of choosing what's best medicine for our own family, mm-hmm. and, and getting the stigma off of it. Yeah, and and another question that I have along the legal lines is, since since the appellate court upheld the right for hemp to be imported and sold legally here in the United States. A lot of companies sell CBD oil online. Mm-hmm. What is to stop a family in Missouri, say, that has, or, or um, let me think of a uh, uh, Wyoming, that that only allow um, a fraction of the people who need cannabis to access CBD? Um, can't they order it online and give it to their children without any um, threat of being prosecuted? Certainly. Yeah. I mean, you can you can get it at Whole Foods, you can get it at Amazon, um, and you know, I maybe Andrew can speak more to this. But um, as of right now, the hemp-based CBD oil or the hemp oil you can get pretty much anywhere. I mean, you can get it Amazon Prime it to your next to your house the next day. I mean, it's um, but if it comes from the cannabis plant, the the marijuana plant, um, the non you know hemp-based plant, then you you do have to get it from the dispensary. But uh, I mean, my advice would be try try the the hemp CBD oil first and see if that works. Yeah. Now, um, Andrew, you work with Dr. Titus. Um, he's a client. Right. His products, I know. Um, he's he's developed some. He's developed actually the CBD that that um, the Huera family is on. That is from the hemp plant, correct? Yes, that's correct, and I'm really glad you asked me. So, so uh, Dr. Stuart Titus has, has a video online about this now, trying to kind of, kind of assuage the panic. Yeah. You know, I mean, as you, as you know, the, the Hemp Industries Association, the HIA that sued the DEA, has also 
launched. Actually, I thought it was very clever. The sky is not falling campaign um, <laughs> to to quell some of the like you know crazy panic around this. And you know, as I mentioned again, I'm really disappointed in the news media for for just seizing on the panic and allowing this. I mean, I know you know if it bleeds, it leads. That's what they do. But the lack of reporting and, and fact checking and 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 yes, so so and and now this has become a whole industry. So I mean, what what, what Dr. Tice's company has done, Medical Marijuana Inc. They're basically one of the biggest clients of my PR firm, CMW Media. They innovated in a way that hasn't even been really properly told in the news media. And they looked at HIA versus DEA, and they said, "Well, look at this. The Ninth Circuit Court in this 2004 court ruling that the DEA lost said." specifically exempted parts of the hemp plant from the DEA's control completely is, is, is what it did. And it said that the stem and the stalk and the seeds of the plant are, quote-unquote, non-psychoactive, and you're fine to import the uh, you know products made from it into the United States and sell them. And, and they figured out it's very difficult to do, but you can uh, extract CBD from these parts of the plant, and, and you can make products from them, including the uh, the RSHO one that uh, that the Higueras found. Um, you know, after basically months and months and months of total hell, because it was a last resort instead of a first one. Right, and the efficacy of the of the um, of the CBD that they're taking is is just as um, potent. As if they had uh, derived it from the resins or flowers, is that right? Well, a, a lot of that is being debated, and, and, and keep in mind, I, I don't want to say that that's 100% right. Um, there, there's a lot of talk in the in the cannabis community about the entourage effect, and is is even more THC good? And I, I think it'll depend. You know, it's like you know, I'm the furthest. I'm, I'm a former journalist, like a PR man, like I'm the furthest from a doctor. And the problem is, there aren't any doctors researching this who can who can talk about it yeah and i think what it's going to show is um for you know for some of these families uh, you know more thc may actually be better or work better Mm -hmm. and it needs to be discussed and and you know whatever laws need to be changed for those families it needs to be done and you know fought and done swiftly um but for for a lot of you know for a lot of families yes uh, i mean you know just the uh just the hemp cbd works as well but um you know i, I do know that's not always the case and you know there is a a a debate about that and and that's a good one and uh i, I mean really what's sad is it's probably going to take decades to have doctors actually researching this armed with the knowledge of what the heck to tell a family like the Higueras. I mean, you think about how far away we are from that. I mean, it's... Yeah. Well, not only are they uninformed, but they're just unwilling to even make themselves informed because they're they're afraid of the DEA. They're afraid of losing their license to prescribe, you know, the pharmaceuticals that are... um, Oh, not yeah. working oh, for the people that they're treating. Time, news, they agree, at least on my case, I can say they agree to our plan of care. Like like you just mentioned, they can prescribe it, but they can agree to the plan of care of parents. And there's some, some status record. What she takes is she ends in the hospital for any reason. She can give, she can keep get, uh, receiving her, her oil while she's hospitalized. Right, and, but um, you'll, you'd be the one that would have to administer it, correct? I, I do. Yeah, because yeah, the, the doctors and nurses won't do it. No, no, that, that's still because, again, because it's no FDA approval and all that. 
but uh, I mean, it, they they see they see the results and they say, okay, well, she she was ready to leave this world and nothing was working, and then she tried this and look at her, she 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 has her life back and she has a well control of her condition and she has a quality of life because she's not sedated anymore. So that's why I, I mean, for me, it made me so sad and so frustrated. I, I only have two options. If I don't have access to CBD, what I'm going to have to do, go back to the pharmaceuticals and then, and then keep destroying, keep harming uh, my child with, with uh, the pharmaceuticals and they don't work and they and keep destroying her little body. I mean, you read the side effects of that prescription and many of them, they're so strong that you have to sign when you receive the, the, the prescription, you have to sign that you're responsible, that you're aware of the side effects. And, and that's okay with everybody. They prescribe it and they sell it and that is totally legal. That's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, I think it's important for us as media professionals to let people know that no matter where they live, um, if if a, if a CBD product is being sold online, the likelihood that they can't have Child Protective Services take their kids away um, is is pretty great, and they're safe to order this and try it with their children. Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, like, I mean, just even listening to to Demaris and Tim and Sadie has always been one of the best visual stories because mm-hmm. they they put the child on a uh, 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 Percocet, you know, a steroid, and it really, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, changed her appearance in a really, you know, awful way. But the the, the, the visuals, you know, the, Sadie's with us for a reason. And, and, you know, one thing I've learned from working with, you know, special needs kids is, is like, you know, everybody's here for a reason. They really are. Um, and I've learned a lot of, about that. And, you know, visually, Sadie's story just told so much that, uh, you know, CBS 8 News, you know, put the family on TV. You could just see, you know, how, you know, how bad the child looked uh, on Percocet and, the, and these pharmaceuticals. And then as opposed to, uh, you know, literally the Higueras have her on the um, the cannabis oil and, and, you know, almost nothing else now. Um, and... Um, you know, really, that's what depresses me now. Is you know, the the DEA changed a tracking code. The the media just completely flipped out, and um, you know, part of the reasons are uh, there is a uh, a very very pro marijuana activist uh, contingent. You know, part of the country is pro full legalization. But actually, I support, uh, you know, I, I believe that marijuana should be legal and no one should go to, to jail for possessing it. But um, not all of them are the biggest fans of the, quote-unquote, hemp CBD folks um, in, in the industry. They, they don't like the CBD thing and the hemp CBD thing. They don't like companies like Dr. Titus's that found a way actually to make hemp CBD legally, uh, which it is legal. It's not scheduled. All that's not true. And... Uh, this explosion of stories out there that, you know, the DEA has scheduled CBD. I mean, uh, you know, they didn't. And it's, it's the craziest thing to be to be reading that in, you know, the Men's Journal and RollingStone.com. And it's like, holy crap, you know, the, the misinformation. Think about how many how many families like DeMars that's going to frighten away from trying this. Right. And it, it almost seems that the optics was the main 
purpose. And, you know, if not the political reasons, I mean, you know, perhaps um, the administrator wants to keep his job when the new uh, <laughs> when the new administration comes in, you know, and they're trying to win favor with Jeff Sessions or something, you know, I mean, yeah. either that or um, or really support their friends in the pharmaceutical uh, industry. I mean, why else quote it in the actual directive? I mean, that's crazy. I think it's interesting, Snowden, at least two companies that I know of, and I'm, there's, there probably are more, two pharmaceutical companies have, um, and at least one is in clinical trials for synthetic CBD. Yes. So their their interest is, is very clear in, in, uh, in their, you know, yeah. motivations. Money. Right. Well, money, and also money, 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 money. Yep, yeah, exactly. And also um, one of them actually here in in uh, in Arizona makes fentanyl, which is a synthetic. Um, what's that? Yeah, yeah Prince right. was addicted to fentanyl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's killed. It's killed a number of um, not just famous people, but millions probably of of others. Um, millions. That's an overstatement. But, you know, what I'm saying is it's. It, it, it's a lot. So they've put a lot of money into preventing legalization from happening. And I know that they they actually dumped a lot of money into the Arizona um, measure, Prop 205, which right. didn't pass, unfortunately. Yeah. As a false commercial, misconstruing mm-hmm. statistics from Colorado saying that, you know, actually crime had gone up and... Uh, and cities know, couldn't... Then, really and people lies. couldn't get money into their education and uh, all kinds of lies. I mean, it was horrible. And those lies were, went viral here, you know, when when uh, public officials were, uh, you know, reiterating these lies over and over and over again. It was just... Yeah, I mean, I, I am all in favor of having a reasoned debate about it, you know, which is that, you know, the truth is... Uh, Natural botanical CBD is not scheduled. As the counselor said, um, it, it specifically says that um, synthetic CBD is scheduled, actually. Um, but, uh, you know, a, a reasoned debate about all, all of the actual facts of, you know, what is the best thing to do, I'm all in favor of. What, what What's really just sad to me is just, just lies perpetuating online and, like, mudslinging and, and then also knowing that, you know, as the, as the counselor and I were joking, that, you know, pharmaceutical dollars and, you know, industry dollars is behind it. Um, after working with families like DeMars, that's, you know, that's what's just really saddening to me. Really, really. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, you know, it, it begs the question, where do we go from here? We've got an administration that's definitely a foe of, of legalization. Well, um, Trump's, Trump's FDA nominee is apparently some kind of cannabis activisty guy. So, so supposedly the the uh, gentleman he's offered to you know potentially head the the FDA is pro cannabis. Um, I find that interesting and and sort of uh, contradictory of his nominee for attorney general. And well, yeah. and Trump himself is an advocate of medical. At least I know he's kind of wavers on the fence for recreational, um, but he he's said himself that he's seen it from a friend who used it to um, help with treatment, and he's very much in favor of medical, which I I see as you know a little optimistic. Although with Trump, it's hard to know really where to go. But um, 
But then again, like you said, Jeff Sessions is a um, avid opponent of marijuana and, and facts. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just kind of a wait and see game. Yeah. I, I, um, I know that he has said that uh, he advocates for states' rights to... Right. to I don't think he'll touch the states. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he, he is a businessman, too. He knows he's got to keep the economy strong. And, and what you've got now, I, I mean, after the election... I mean, you had eight states just legalized. I mean, Florida, Florida passing a medical uh, marijuana bill is, 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 is just huge, huge news. Yeah. And then you have uh, Massachusetts, um, California, and, and Nevada um, all go legal the way uh, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, and Alaska already are. Yeah, that's phenomenal, and I think that's going to open a lot of doors. And, and um, thousands of jobs. Before before we get too close to the end of the show, because we're we're getting close to a time to wrap up, um, I really want to hear some pretty exciting news from Damaris. Um, you've put out a request, I understand, to the Make a Wish Foundation to actually meet Donald Trump and. Show him how important cannabis has been to Sadie. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just, I think one, the part that we can help with is tell our story and, and get it all the way to, if it's possible, to, to our next president and, and make it, just make, uh, this clear and there is something true there's something that's helping so many uh patients and and i mean it laws have to change uh, the results are there the proof are right there uh, if cannabis get out of the schedule one drug we want to have the access that we all deserve and that we all need so uh what better wish for my daughter that Make sure she's able to keep her treatment, that she doesn't have to give up cannabis for nothing. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing to keep her alive. I mean, we already went for, through all that. We already tried everything. This is the only thing that keep her alive. Her condition is a really bad condition, and this gives her a quality of life. Why? I, I mean, that that's what better for her than having a, a quality of life on until she can. I mean, who, her syndrome is so rare that we don't know if it's going to be 5 years, 10 years, 15 years. Whatever it is, she deserves to have the best quality of life possible. And that only thing that's going to give her is cannabis. Yeah. And it's giving her the best chance for survival in the long it term. Is, it yeah. is. It's, it's controlling her epilepsy and giving a good... Uh, uh, and other other areas of her of her issues, her kidney function is excellent. Her tumors are gone. Uh, cannabis not only is not only helping her her epilepsy, it's helping the, her whole condition improve. So yeah, yeah I well, mean, I just if I can reach out to 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 these uh, lawmakers and and making conscience that what really is going on, people they really want help. For this country, they really want to help. They really want to uh, help people to get what they're gonna, what, what, what they need, 
not because of political issues, not because of money issues. What really is working for them, they have they have to look at it. They have to yeah. reconsider all this. Yeah. One one last quick thing. Um, you mentioned her tumors were gone. She had a tumor, I guess, on her liver. Is that right? Yes, and it was. We discovered through an ultrasound, a routine ultrasound, at the time that we actually start her on the oil. So every three months we have that type of ultrasound, and since she started using it, every three months we see it going smaller and smaller. The doctor was just getting ready to, okay, it's going to just, like every other case, it's going to get worse and it's going to be big and... And we're not going to go for a surgery uh, based on her condition and this and that. But one day that we went for that routine ultrasound, it was gone. Yeah. I, I, well, I was then, like, okay, something happened because they actually called another technician to review the, the ultrasound, the images, and they didn't say nothing to me. I said, what happened? They said, well, no, we have to review this again and again. Well, the thing is they couldn't find it anymore. Right. And, and the National Institute of Health has actually come out and said that uh, cannabis has anti-tumor qualities. It does. And yeah. Like I said, it's not only my daughter. There's thousands of cases. Mm-hmm. You can see them improve in many, many areas. And new studies coming out too. And we're we're um, we're gathering now as many new studies and peer-reviewed articles as we can possibly get our hands on. So, um, you know, anytime you come across one, let us know. We'll put it up on our website and. Um, but meanwhile, real quick before we wrap up, let's just go over some of the things that people can do. Um, because obviously, uh, as you mentioned, Tabitha, they can contact their senators, their representatives, get involved. Um, I think that, um, you know, if, if you disagree that um, Sessions might be the uh, right person to uh, govern uh, policy on this issue, Call your senators and ask them, you know, to disapprove of him or 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 not, um, but tell them what it is that you'd like to see happen, and um, you know, get involved uh, with the social media and tell your friends that that you approve of CBD and that Absolutely. you know, and also um, help people understand that. False news is not helping anything. So if you see yeah, a story, yeah, share, respond. Yeah, share Snowden's post to your Facebook that the DEA just made CB scheduled is is untrue. Yeah, uh, and, and stop frightening people is a major thing you can do. Everybody post to your Facebook the recent hysteria that the that the DEA either made CBD illegal or scheduled it is completely untrue. It, it's it's almost laughably not true. And yeah. That's I mean, social media has been a mess with like lies. So oh yeah. Anybody yeah. who can share, you know, everybody calm down and stop scaring people. Uh, the major way we can help. Yeah. Well, it's absolutely true, and and we have um, Sadie's story up online. We have the. Uh, yeah, Sadie wants to meet Donald Trump. To have y- some yeah. So we have that on our website, thecannabisreporter.com. And we also have um, this topic up online, and we'll put this show up online as well. And please feel free to share it widely, because I think the more people that understand the importance of this issue, the better. So I'd like to personally thank our guests, Tabitha Myers, Andrew Hard, and Damaris Higuera, for joining us today. Really appreciate this discussion. 
and um, look forward to uh, hearing more from all of you. Um, please visit us online at thecannabisreporter.com to learn more about our guests and today's topic or download the podcast of today's show. I'd like to thank Josh, our engineer here at KFNX, for all he does. Thank you, and many thanks to all of you for listening. Please share what you've learned here today and get involved. Tune in again next week, same time, same place. I'm Snowden Bishop, the Cannabis Reporter. Until we meet again, make it an amazing day. Listening to Independent Talk 1100 KFNX, Cave Creek Phoenix, a division of Premier Radio Stations.